This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Good to have you with us for the Tuesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Latest on the Apple event. Also, are we at a point of a housing shortage? And what is that going to do to the market? Right now, let's talk about that inflation that Elisa was mentioning. Joel Naroff is here, president of Naroff Economics. Joel, so we have, uh, I guess, lower than expected inflation here uh, does that mean that it is transitory you know something that we heard for so long that it would be well the fed chairman seems to believe that that's the case cisco but one month never makes a trend uh, it's good to see that it came in a little bit below where we expected it to come in uh, we, we saw some declines in fuel oil and especially the huge surge in used vehicles has become to come, begun to come down, and that was helpful. But there's still a lot of places where inflation is high. I think what we have is a situation where we have high inflation. 5.3% is still high no matter how you look at it. 4% even excluding food and energy is not something we're going to be happy with. The key question is how much more does it decelerate, and we don't know that yet because one month doesn't make a trend. Help us to understand if inflation comes back to uh, to what would be considered healthy inflation, uh, what's the impact in the wider economy over the cumulative effect of several months of significant inflation? Well, you know, what we're going to be seeing is some of the components will actually unwind some of the prices that we saw. Uh, I don't think we can sustain those really high prices in both vehicles and in used vehicles. Um, you know, but in other places, for example, in restaurants where the prices have soared and in, in houses where they were up really you know, rapidly, on restaurants, they're probably not coming down. On housing, we've got to see them come down. But the question is there, of course, how fast do they come down? So we will have an unwinding of some of those prices, but clothing, medical care, uh, restaurants, food, all of those prices are likely to be with us. And when we take a look at the earnings situation, um, people may be making a lot more, but they're still losing it all to inflation. And adjusted for inflation, earnings are down over the year. The spending power is falling, and that's the problem we're facing. So we, uh, we touched on this. What might the Fed do if they see inflation coming down, not, not as significant as people thought it was going to be? Well, the Fed chair has been arguing that this was just a temporary uh, surge in inflation and that he was willing to be patient. It's some of the Federal Reserve Bank presidents who were saying we've got to start tapering sooner rather than later. I don't think this gives anybody uh, any more um, ammunition when they meet next week. But if it continues, then we might see a pushing out of when the tapering begins and also a slowing in the rate of tapering. If it doesn't 
uh, continue and inflation remains high. And that's a worry because the New York Fed said that expectations on inflation are rising. Then the Fed may have to make some moves sooner rather than later. Thanks so much for all the insight. Joel Naroff, president of Naroff Economics. Coming up, fans of Apple products are going to have some new gadgets to explore. Apple is revealing its latest products during a streaming event from California today. We welcome Carl Prouty, the technologist from Apt Electronics in Glenview. Uh, Carl, I mean, let's begin with just, it's sort of weird to have these events streaming, right? Because Apple always makes a big production of this. They do, yeah, but I guess uh, different times call for different presentations. So they're uh, they're doing it this way, and I think it, it's good because it's going to allow more people to kind of get to enjoy it. Yeah, and if you can trust anyone to handle something technologically okay, I guess it should be Apple, right? I uh, would say so. What are they doing? What are they unveiling here? So right now, it just started 10 minutes ago, but the first thing that they announced was the new iPad, uh, the, the new kind of base model iPad. So it's getting an update in its in its processor, so it's going to be faster uh, than than a lot of the top selling Chromebooks now. It's going to be faster than a lot of Android tablets. So it's going to it, it, they're bumping up their performance, and we should see some better battery times out of this too. And is that for the most part? I mean, we'll talk about the iPhone, but for the most part, are are we at a point where upgrades, you know, a little faster, a little better camera, a little more memory, that that's about all we're going to get out of these products? It hasn't been seemingly something revolutionary in a while. Yeah, it's been a little while since there's been something very drastically revolutionary, like you said. But uh, yeah, faster processors. I think the big thing is is the improvement of battery life because people want to be on these devices. So the better they can make the processors, the more efficient they can make the processors, the longer the battery life's going to be. So if you're somebody who travels a lot or you're a student who needs that all day, it, that would be a worthwhile upgrade, even if it is only minor. So you mentioned that they're just getting started here, but we do expect them to talk about a new iPhone. What are we expecting them to say? It's, you know, it's, it's still hard to say because they haven't <laughs> quite announced it yet. Um, hopefully, it's going to be along the lines of the iPad would be my guess, is you're going to see faster processors longer battery time. They're always improving the cameras on them. So you're going to see either better quality cameras or more cameras, the ability to maybe zoom a little bit more or to kind of just do different tricks with the camera. And the same, you know, battery life, if they talk about AirPods, uh, that, that's a big issue too. People want to be able to use them longer, just like they do their other gadgets. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the one of the rumors that's been going around is they're on the, Air, on the new AirPods they're likely going to announce longer battery life. They're going to shorten the stems on the regular AirPods uh, to be sort of similar to the AirPod Pros. But again, that that's speculation because they haven't announced anything specifically yet. But I think we should see stuff like that. Now, for people who are maybe they need a new phone, maybe they want a new iPad, uh, if it is simply more battery life or if it is simply a little faster processing speed, I, I guess for some people it would be okay to buy a new older model of one of these devices oh absolutely yeah if you can if you can find the the last generation versions you're going to see some great deals so for someone who who doesn't need to be on the cutting edge of all the stuff if you're if you're using an ipad to watch netflix or just kind of browse the web that's a great way to save some money and still get a phenomenal product Thanks so much for all the details. We'll keep you updated on this throughout the day as Apple does more unveiling. Carl Prouty, the technologist from Apt Electronics in Glenview. Up next, popular celebrity news site TMZ has a new owner. 
Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. TMZ, noted for its celebrity scoops, is now part of Fox Entertainment. It had been part of Warner Media. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group here in Chicago. Uh, Tim, I guess talk to us about this deal here. Why would Fox want TMZ? Well, uh, <laughs> Have you watched anything on Fox, uh, <laughs> the Fox Networks lately? Uh, you know, look, this is uh, TMZ, right? It's a brand. Uh, Harvey Levin uh, is, uh, you know, I knew him when he was a pugnacious, uh, quote-unquote, investigative reporter at KCBS uh, in Los Angeles, a former lawyer. And, uh, you know, it's become a creature of uh, the Hollywood gossip uh, scene and, and using uh, the, the semi-novel approach of, of ambushing people with, with video, right? It's uh, it's perfect for, uh, I guess you could call it the Fox vibe uh, on a lot of different, right? It, it, it's a property that uh, actually has a lot of presence on uh, places like Fox television stations uh, and the uh, Fox Sports One with their sports brand uh, of it. So, uh, you know, in terms of content, in terms of a show, in terms of gossip, right, which is very much in the Rupert Murdoch News Corp uh, Fox kind of vein. I mean, New York Post and, and Page Six and, and the Sun in in in, the, in, in England, et cetera. Um, it's a, it's a natural thing, and it's it's obviously obviously very um, uh, appropriate given that AT and T is in the midst of a fire sale of lots of different assets as it gets ready to uh, bring their media properties over to Discovery, and I suspect Discovery. Uh, not in love with TMZ to uh, to come over to their brand. It's interesting though because TMZ, I mean, uh, started as sort of this fringe gossip thing, and now if there's something going on in Hollywood, something going on with celebrities, that, it's it's the go-to site for people who want to know what's going on. Yeah, there's that too, but I, I think it's also, frankly, uh, evidence of of Fox. Uh, you know, as as your audience may know or remember, right? Fox itself divested itself of, of various entertainment. Um, studio offerings and, and really slimmed down to become a new Fox, which is really about broadcasting uh, and television. And look, they're also building out this thing called Fox Nation, which is their entertainment-driven, although news-related, uh, streaming service, right? So they basically brought in the Cops franchise from Paramount, which was a longtime staple in Fox Network uh, uh, television for a long, long time. That is now also back, if you will, in the Fox fold. So there's a lot of sort of uh, assembling or reassembling, I guess, of gossip and, and reality-type programming for not only Fox uh, television, but also a fledgling Fox Nation streaming service. So probably more of this kind of stuff to come. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying, and not only Fox, but it seems like there is a, kind of a reworking of who has what in the wider entertainment industry. Yeah, no doubt. AT&T, you know, having had uh, visions of being a, a media entertainment conglomerate, uh, failed miserably on that after about 10 years of ownership. So, uh, it's convenient time for folks looking for various assets to uh, pick and choose, shall we say, and Fox certainly knows what it wants, uh, such as this. Thanks so much, Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group here in Chicago. Still ahead, Travel Tuesday, Boeing is issuing a long-term outlook for airplane demand. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A government report tracks the number of Americans who were living in poverty in the past year. The Chicago City Council could vote today on a new contract with its police union. It's Travel Tuesday. Chicago based Boeing believes demand for new airplanes will soar over the next 20 years. The United States suffering through a shortage of homes. WBBM Business, the Dow down 244, NASDAQ down 25, and the SP is down 18. 18 points. Oil is at exactly $70. It's down a little more than a half a percent. Sunshine in Chicagoland. Thunderstorms later in the day. High of 87. We're already at 84 degrees. The Census Bureau says the share of Americans living in poverty rose slightly last year. Correspondent Shelley Adler. The COVID-19 pandemic shook the economy last year, but massive relief payments pumped out by Congress eased hardship for many. According to the Census Bureau, the official poverty measure showed an increase of one percentage point in 2020, indicating that 11.4% of Americans were living in poverty. It was the first such increase after five consecutive annual declines. But a more complete supplement mental measure of poverty, which takes into account income streams such as stimulus payments, actually showed that the share of people in poverty dipped after the aid was factored in. I'm Shelley Adler. The Chicago City Council expected to vote today on a new contract agreement with the police union. The tentative deal includes four years of back pay, plus an overall 20% pay raise. Groups, including the ACLU of Illinois and the Chicago Council of Lawyers, say the proposed contract does not address enough of the concerns raised by the city's Police Accountability Task Force. It's 1232. 
Investing 60 minutes each weekday toward planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in the red. The Dow down 247. NASDAQ down 31. And the S&P is down 19 points. Let's find out what's going on. Gary Kaltbaum is here, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management, based in Orlando. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, first off, the S&P is off 2% from its all-time high, so not a biggie. But underneath the surface, all the economically sensitive areas continue to be under pressure. And this has been going on uh, for quite a while. And we're talking about industrial types, the caterpillars and deers, the transports, energy, and things like that. And uh, today is just a continuation of that. And you're seeing it in some of the uh, big indices. And so going forward, investors, as we get some inflation news, what should they be thinking? Uh, just a, a more defensive in here. Uh, leave, leave no doubt when I see uh, stocks like FedEx and UPS and Caterpillar and Deer in trouble, it's telling you something. And most of the economic stats we've been getting are a softening. I think Delta has something to do with that. Uh, but also, I just think the economy came back strong uh, out of the pandemic and it just it hit a peak at this juncture. And again, I think we'll see this softness for a little bit longer. And September is notorious. Always wondering about some of those reopening stocks, uh, the airlines, the hotels, the cruise lines. Uh, people are, of course, hoping that at some point they get back to their levels pre-pandemic. But if that happens, it may take a while. Yeah, and still really no leadership in there. I will tell you there's a couple of hotel stocks that are actually uh, showing strength versus other things like a Hilton. Uh, but overall, not very good. The casino stocks are getting hit again today. So I would just be careful about anything uh, travel-related at this juncture. And you're hearing now from the airlines that things are soft again. I traveled in the last week, and I, I spoke to people, and they said, there's been a bunch of cancellations because of uh, the Delta. So, you know, it's just not its time. Apple is having its big event, you know, announcing new iPhones and everything today. Is that uh, general thoughts on that stock? Is that always a pretty good bet? Uh, well, it has been near term, a little bit of trouble. Uh, they had some uh, news about uh, their apps and the gaming and that hit the stock last week. I still think it's okay here uh, under a little pressure near term, but not, I wouldn't call it the end of the world for Apple. And obviously, the stock's been uh, done pretty uh, darn well throughout the years. Touched on inflation earlier. Is there a concern about what the Fed may do? Uh, it seems to create some jitters. Uh, well, I, I'm not concerned. They're going to keep printing uh, trillions of dollars, and uh, that's helped asset prices. I think eventually it's going to hurt. Uh, but for right now, they're just going to keep doing what it's doing. And uh, regardless of what you hear, all we have to do is look at prices uh, anywhere we go. They're higher. Uh, and that pretty much defines inflation. And hopefully it does not get out of hand, a la the uh, late 1970s, because then uh, we're talking big trouble. Talk about what happens to a portfolio if this inflation continues. I mean, it's like before your eyes, you're, you're seeing your money worth less and less, even if the account's growing a little bit. Well, it, what happens at that point is the consumer has less money and profits for corporations uh, pretty much go down because either they got to raise prices or eat the, eat the profits. Uh, and so it's just a negative all the way around uh, and, and leave no doubt it is out there to a certain extent. 
The big worry about bad inflation is when everybody wakes up in consumer business and says, if I don't buy something today, I have to pay a higher price tomorrow. That's when it starts feeding on itself. That's when you get hoarding. That's when you get shortages. And that's your uh uh-oh moment. I don't think we're there. I don't know if we've ever asked you about crypto. Uh, what, What are your thoughts on that? A lot of people say you have to have at least some of your money in there. And yet a lot of people still don't even really know what it is. Well, I don't. Uh, that's not to say you shouldn't. All I can tell you, my biggest problem is there's 2,000 of these coins, and most of them are down 70, 80, 90%. Some of them went to zero. Uh, just treat it as a stock. Treat it as anything else if you get in and you stops in place and recognize. you got to ask yourself a question. What backs this up? Is there earnings? Is there sales? If things go awry, what's going to back it up and stop it from going down? I still don't have that answer. So be very, very careful, buyer beware. Thanks so much, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. Just ahead, Travel Tuesday, Boeing is out with an optimistic forecast on commercial travel. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by DiscoverPeoria.com. Chicago-headquartered Boeing has released its forecast for aircraft demand in the coming decades. Joining us on the McGrath-Lexus Business Line, Ken Goldstein, President KJG International Consulting. Uh, Ken, kind of give us a thumbnail sketch here of what Boeing is predicting. I think Boeing is taking a very optimistic approach. They're looking down the road. We've got to remember there's a short-term view and a long-term view. Theirs is a long-term view. And they're talking that they see over the next decade at least a 3.1% growth in commercial and a larger 4.4% growth in cargo. And that's something that is taking place right now. The key to all this is, again, the caveat is, will international travel come back? Will air travel come back? And it's slowly seeking, peaking out, uh, particularly in domestic uh, air travel, is making, getting, making some gains. Talk about the challenge here of a company like Boeing. You know, they have to make these sort of projections, right? They, they can't just go in the two, three, four-year term. And yet things are so unpredictable, pandemics, no one expects those. So we, we just don't necessarily know what it's going to look like. Well, again, you got to look at a short-term and a long-term. The short-term right now, Boeing has some major problems. They've halted production on the 787. On the positive side, they've sold just about or gotten rid of most of the whitetails, so the, those are the 737 maxes that were grounded uh, because of the crashes a few years back and were sitting at Renton and other area facilities in the Washington area for Boeing. They've gotten rid of most of those. They've seen some new orders. On the other side, one of their largest customers, Ryanair in Europe, has halted negotiations with them because they thought, hey, Boeing, you're charging us way too much, and they are an all-Boeing fleet. On the other side, Southwest is, and Alaska have both ordered increases in uh, Boeing 737. So those are the good short-term and long-term ups and downs. But long-term, they have got to take a better outlook and kind of sell the market, if you will, on, hey, positive note, we're going to see air travel come back. We're going to see the pandemic being somewhat controlled. We're going to see increased aircraft orders. And, you know, there is a hidden... Uh, silver lining here. One of the best things that has happened for Boeing and for the air industry is the increase in cargo. 
their triple sevens are now being bought and remodified for use with cargo. Amazon has uh, taken over and made its own fleet of 767s. So there's some positive notes there. And when it comes to uh, the projections, it seems like since airlines have to buy these planes way in advance, they also want to show the airlines that things are going to be positive. By all means. Again, you know, it's a long-term issue. They, uh, Boeing has to set aside and get set up for the long-term production. They've got to see where the market trends are, who's going to be buying it, uh, you know, line up production and the supply chain, which right now is somewhat clobbered, to put it bluntly. But again, these things all have to come into place, and it's a long-term setup. You can't just say, okay, we're going to buy a plane today and fly it tomorrow. It, it doesn't work that way. Thanks so much for all the details. Ken Goldstein, President KJG International Consulting. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. Still to come, people looking to buy a home are finding an extremely limited supply. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Builders are unable to keep up with the demand for new homes. Here to discuss the disparity, Steve Kirch, real estate editor at MarketWatch.com. Steve, why, let's begin sort of at the beginning, why are builders unable to keep up? Well, there's been a... uh deficit in in housing units for a long time. This is kind of a systemic built-in problem that home builders have just not been able to build enough new housing to keep up with demographic demand formation of new households. There are a number of reasons for that. Uh, A lot of it has to do with the ability these days to get materials. Skilled labor shortages have been a problem for home builders for a number of years. And then uh, the home builders like to complain a lot about over-regulation and the difficulty in getting building projects approved in a lot of municipalities these days. Uh, All of those problems uh, got exacerbated during the pandemic when demand for housing grew quite rapidly uh, for a variety of reasons. And and that's kind of led us to where we are today. So it's not that the pandemic is responsible. The pandemic just made it worse. That's that's right. A, a lot of these trends have been cooked into the real estate business for a while. Um, it's just just been a problem as housing prices have continued to rise. Gets exacerbated because when you most new households, they are starter. They're looking for starter homes uh, rather than the the bigger move up houses that the builders like to build. Making more smaller, more affordable homes is is a profit problem for a lot of public building companies. So, you know, you just, their mix of homes don't tend to cater to the people who most need them today. And you put that on top of the uh, low, low inventory we have of existing homes, which would be another place that these younger folks could go to buy houses. Uh, You know, you just, you create a crunch for a lot of people who just don't have a lot of money or are younger and are just starting out. Yeah, those, those younger folks, I know after the 08 crash, a lot of people were thinking, oh, they're, they're just going to rent for a long, long time. They're not necessarily going to be home buyers, and that hasn't necessarily played out. They actually do want to own a home. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the surprising things. I think a lot of people thought that the especially the younger millennials would not be jumping into the home buying arena so early in their life cycles, but it appears from the data we have that they are more uh, more inclined to do that. And again, that's just going to add more pressure because 
Gen Z is coming right behind them. Yeah, it seems to be adding pressure to prices as well. Right. As home prices have been rising at record level for all the same reasons, right? Material shortages, labor shortages, and the building materials, and then just the huge demand on existing houses, uh, again, that got skewed in the pandemic as, as people were looking for more space and places where they could more social distance, maybe they need a home office, um, and they were willing to pay for that uh, at a time when they really needed it. Thanks so much for all the details. That's Steve Kirch, real estate editor at Market Watch. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function. It works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.